Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whatever time you're listening to this, please welcome to the Market Color Podcast. This is a weekly podcast that is dedicated to providing our listeners with a broad overview of the global financial markets, including a special focus on the Kenyan markets. And in order to deliver on this objective, we have structured this podcast to begin with an overview of the global markets so as to give you a big picture perspective of the global economy. This is then followed by the Kenyan segment where we review the performance of the domestic markets with a view to covering all the major asset classes. And finally, we wrap up the podcast by addressing the topical issue for that week so as to bring you up to speed with the latest financial headlines. Ladies and gentlemen, this here is episode number 93. And as mentioned previously, to celebrate the first anniversary of the Market Color podcast, I'm in the process of writing a book that is focused on the financial markets and fundamental analysis and this will help our listeners to develop a better understanding of the financial markets and in particular how economic data influences asset prices a quick progress update the publisher has now completed the structural edit of the book and we're now moving to the next phase which involves the design and layout of the book which they've said will take about 35 days. This then takes us to the first week of March. Till then, please keep it locked right here and I will continue to keep you posted on the progress. And now to this week's podcast where we are reviewing the performance of the global markets during the fifth week of 2024 and that is from Monday the 29th of January to Friday the 2nd of February. And without further ado, this is your host Jamuhuri and together let's dive right in. We kick it off in the United States where on Wednesday the Federal Reserve decided to leave its benchmark interest rate unchanged and at the same time signaled that it was done raising interest rates, but also made it absolutely clear that it was not yet ready to start cutting interest rates. In its policy statement that provided limited guidance, the Federal Open Market Committee removed language that had indicated a willingness to keep raising interest rates until inflation was under control and moving towards the Fed's 2% target rate. However, with inflation still running above the target rate, the Fed said that there were no plans as yet to cut interest rates. At the press conference following the policy meeting, the Fed Chairman Jerome Powell noted that a much rate cut was unlikely, but said that rate cuts would likely begin at some point later this year. The Fed's next policy meeting is scheduled for the 20th of March. 
And staying in the United States, the growth in U.S. jobs posted a surprisingly strong increase in the month of January, demonstrating once again that the U.S. labor market remains solid and continues to support the broader economy. The Bureau of Labor Statistics reported on Friday that non-farm payrolls increased by 353,000 new jobs for the first month of the year, and this was much better than the forecast estimate for 185,000 new jobs. Meanwhile, the unemployment rate surprisingly remained unchanged at 3.7%. And across the Atlantic, preliminary data published by Eurostat on Tuesday showed that the Eurozone economy stabilized in the fourth quarter of 2023. The seasonally adjusted gross domestic product for the Eurozone was flat at 0% in the fourth quarter, but still managed to post a growth of 0.5% for the full year 2023. The 0% growth in the fourth quarter means that the Eurozone economy has narrowly avoided a recession following a negative growth rate of minus 0.1% in the third quarter. Meanwhile, Germany, which is the Eurozone's largest economy, posted a contraction of minus 0.3% in the fourth quarter of 2023. And staying in the Eurozone, flash data published on Thursday by Eurostat showed that headline inflation in the Eurozone eased slightly in the month of January, whilst the core inflation number declined less than expected. The headline rate of inflation came in at 2.8%, which was in line with market expectations and was a tad bit lower than the rate of 2.9% that was recorded in December last year. Meanwhile, the core inflation rate, which excludes volatile food and energy prices, dipped to 3.3% in January, and this was down from 3.4% in December. And moving over to the United Kingdom, On Thursday, the Bank of England decided to hold its benchmark interest rate steady at 5.25%. The Monetary Policy Committee voted 6-3 in favour of holding rates steady, with two dissenters favouring a further 25 basis point rate hike and one member voting for a 25 basis point rate cut. This marked the first policy meeting since August 2008 that committee members have voted to move interest rates in opposite directions. In the U.S. stock market, the S&P 500 recorded a fresh record high on Friday as quarterly results from technology companies topped expectations and January's jobs report came in much better than expected. Shares of Facebook's parent company Meta increased by more than 20% after the company's quarterly results exceeded analysts' expectations. The broad market index, that is the S&P 500, 
added 1.1% to close at 4,958, whilst the Dow Jones Industrial Average ticked up by 0.4% to 38,654, and the Nasdaq Composite climbed 1.7% to 15,628. For the week, the S&P 500 added 1.4%, whilst the Nasdaq Composite gained by 1.1%, and the Dow rose by 1.4%. All the three major benchmarks recorded their fourth consecutive week in positive territory. In the U.S. bond market, the yield on the 10-year Treasury bond hit a high of 4% on Friday after a surprisingly strong jobs report confirmed the strength of the U.S. economy but raised questions about when the Federal Reserve would begin cutting interest rates. The stronger-than-expected jobs report raises the probability that interest rate cuts will be delayed, especially after the Fed chairman indicated that a March rate cut was unlikely. The yield on the benchmark 10-year Treasury bond shot up by 16 basis points to 4.02%, whilst the yield on the policy-sensitive 2-year Treasury note increased by 17 basis points to 4.37%. For your information, bond yields and prices have an inverted relationship, which means that as yields rise, bond prices fall, and vice versa. In addition to that, one basis point is equal to 0.01%. In the commodity markets, the price of crude oil fell by about 2% on Friday after the stronger-than-expected U.S. jobs report, which reduced the probability for near-term rate cuts, and that could dampen the demand for crude oil as higher interest rates tend to reduce demand as well as economic growth. The price of the international benchmark Brent crude shed about 1.7%, to settle at $77.33 a barrel, whilst the price of the U.S. benchmark, West Texas Intermediate Crude, fell about 2% to close the session at $72.28 a barrel. Both benchmarks posted weekly losses as they fell about 7% for the week. Meanwhile, Marban oil, which Kenya imports, declined to $80.47 per barrel, and this was down from $80.72 the previous week. In the precious metals market, the price of gold slipped on Friday as both the dollar index and treasury yields rose on the back of a stronger-than-expected payrolls report, that created uncertainty about when the Federal Reserve will begin cutting interest rates. The price of spot gold was up 0.6% for the week and eventually settled at $2,038 per ounce. And just for your information, on Tuesday, Norway's Sovereign Wealth Fund 
which is the largest in the world with about 1.47 trillion dollars in assets under management reported a record profit of 213 billion dollars in 2023 giving it a return on investment of about 16% for the year and just to put that into perspective whilst Norway's sovereign wealth fund generated a profit of 213 billion dollars on the other hand Kenya is struggling to come up with a repayment plan for its 2 billion dollar eurobond which matures in June this year And on that note, we now change scene to the Kenyan financial markets and we start by looking at the cost of living in the country. As overall inflation in Kenya increased to 6.9% in the month of January and this was up from 6.6% in December 2023. Food inflation increased to 7.9% from 7.7% in December, driven by higher prices of select food items. Meanwhile, fuel inflation increased to 14.3%, up from 13.7% in December, and this was on account of higher electricity prices, which outweighed the dip in petroleum prices. Meanwhile, core inflation, also referred to as non-food, non-fuel inflation, increased marginally to 3.6% from 3.4% in December. And over to the domestic foreign exchange market, where the shilling finally appeared to be stabilizing against the major international currencies, as well as the regional currencies. And according to data obtained from the Central Bank of Kenya, the official exchange rate for the U.S. dollar was quoted at 160.67 compared to 160.80 the previous week. However, in the interbank market, commercial banks were selling the U.S. dollar at between 163 shillings on the lower side to above 166 shillings on the higher side. Meanwhile, the sterling pound was priced at 204.18 and the euro was valued at 174.49. And on the regional front, one Kenya shilling was changing hands for 23.76 Ugandan shillings and 15.84 Tanzanian shillings. And to the Rwandese franc, it was posted at 7.93. In the past year, that is 2023, the Kenya shilling depreciated by about 27% versus the US dollar. And given this current trend, I expect that the shilling will continue to depreciate for the foreseeable future. And this is mainly due to the country's excessive national debt, which now stands at above 70% of the gross domestic product and consumes about 65% of total revenue collections. And what that means is that for every one shilling that Kenya Revenue Authority collects, 65 cents will go towards debt repayment. On foreign exchange reserves during the past week, Kenya's usable foreign exchange reserves increased for the second week in a row by a massive $117 million, 
to $7.134 billion, which is equivalent to 3.8 months of import cover. However, this level of reserves is still in breach of the central bank statutory requirement to endeavor to maintain at least four months of import cover. The increase in reserves could be attributed to the recent approval of $684 million by the International Monetary Fund. However, in spite of the continuous funding being received from both the World Bank and the IMF, Kenya's foreign exchange reserves remain under intense pressure, and this is mainly due to the increased costs of servicing our external debt obligations, which has pushed the country to the precipice of a sovereign debt default. In the money markets, the liquidity situation in the interbank market remained relatively tight during the week, even as the average interbank rate dipped by 54 basis points to 13.22%. The excess reserves held by commercial banks in relation to the 4.25% cash reserve requirement decreased from 26.9 billion shillings the previous week to 22.7 billion shillings. Meanwhile, open market operations remained active as the average interbank rate dipped from 13.76% the previous week to 13.22%. And the average value that was traded in the interbank market increased from 14.9 billion shillings the previous week to 15.3 billion shillings. In the government securities market, the weekly Treasury bill auction was held on Thursday, the 1st of February, and the central bank received bids totaling 25.8 billion shillings against an advertised amount of 24 billion shillings, representing a performance rate of about 107%. Interest rates on all the three tenors increased marginally as the bulk of the bids, totaling about 20.6 billion shillings, were concentrated at the short end of the yield curve, where the 91-day rate increased by 8.4 basis points to 16.37%, whilst the 182-day rate rose by 13 basis points to 16.50%, and the 364-day rate was higher by 15 basis points to settle at 16.68%. And just for your information, one basis point is equivalent to 0.01%, and therefore 100 basis points is equal to one percentage point. Please note that as interest rates continue to rise, investors remain focused at the short end of the yield curve, because they can easily reinvest their funds at a higher rate every 91 days. In the primary bond market, the Central Bank of Kenya has issued the prospectus for its February bond issue and is looking to issue an amortized infrastructure bond with a duration of 8.5 years that matures on the 9th of August 2032. The central bank is looking to raise 70 billion shillings for the stated purpose of tongue-in-cheek 
funding of infrastructure projects. And this bond is now open for sale until Wednesday, the 14th of February. Please note that this being an infrastructure bond, the interest earned from it will be tax-free as provided for under the Income Tax Act. In the secondary bond market, there was increased trading activity as the turnover in the domestic bond market increased by 5% during the past week. And in the international markets, the yields on Kenya's eurobonds was on an upward trajectory with a yield on the 10-year eurobond that matures in June this year, recording the largest increase of 30 basis points from 14.3% recorded the previous week to 14.6%. At the Nairobi Securities Exchange during the month of January 2024, the equities market was on an upward trajectory with the NSC 25 gaining the most by 1.2%, whilst the NSC 10, the NSC 20 and the NASI gained by 1.1%, 0.5% and 0.1% respectively. The market's performance was driven by gains recorded by large-cap stocks such as Equity Group, Bamburi, and DTB Bank, which increased by 12.9%, 12.3%, and 9.9% respectively. These gains were, however, weighed down by losses recorded by other large-cap stocks such as KCB Group, East African Breweries, and NCBA Bank, which declined by 8.2%, 7%, and 3.5% respectively. Up next is our topical issue for this week. And this week, we are looking at non-performing loans in the manufacturing sector. The manufacturing sector in Kenya is now the largest defaulter of commercial bank loans, and this was mainly attributed to rising operational costs, as well as new and higher taxes by the government. The increase in non-performing loans came at a time when manufacturers were complaining about the increased cost of doing business in Kenya, and this was mainly due to higher taxation measures by the government. Just last week, East African Breweries was in the headlines, highlighting the operational and financial challenges of having to remit excise duties on a daily basis. The manufacturing sector relies heavily on imports and as a result has been grappling with the increased cost of raw materials due to a shortage of US dollars in the domestic foreign exchange market as well as a sharp depreciation in the value of the Kenya shilling. To add insult to injury, the cost of financing day-to-day operations has been further exacerbated by the increase in interest rates following the spike in the central bank rate to 12.5% in December last year. Furthermore, subdued demand for manufactured products due to the high cost of living has reduced the cash flow to manufacturers and impacted their ability to meet their financial obligations such as debt repayments. And according to data published by the Central Bank of Kenya last week, the stock of non-performing loans from the manufacturing sector 
increased by an astounding 59% to about 134 billion shillings as at September 2023. This portion of non-performing loans represents about 21% of the total loan book to the manufacturing sector. And in summary, the total stock of non-performing loans as at September 2023 increased by 25% to a total of 617 billion shillings, which is equivalent to 15% of the total banking sector loan book, which is valued at 4.1 trillion shillings. And on that note, we come to the end of this week's podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening and supporting the Market Color podcast. And I hope that you found it to be useful and informative. And if so, please share it with a friend and help to spread the word around. I really do appreciate your assistance in this effort. And for your information, the Market Color podcast is now available on all the major hosting directories that is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, as well as Amazon Music. Please consider subscribing so that you can be notified every time I publish a new episode. And if you have any ideas or feedback on how we can improve this podcast, please feel free to reach me on the following email address. That is G at gmail.com Jamuhuri spelled J-A-M-U-H-U-R-I Once again, thank you for your continued support and I look forward to interacting with you again next week. And in the meantime, please do have yourselves a blessed and fantastic week ahead and remember, it is possible to design and live an extraordinary life. Think about it. Thank you and God bless.